These dogs are domestic animals. They have been for thousands of years. And that what if scenario of what if my dog was in the wild, they would be eating meat. It absolutely just doesn't apply. We are providing for these animals as if they're our babies. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 141.5. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hello, veggie lovers. I have a fun little bonus episode for you with Lindsay Rubin, who is VP at V-Dog, a San Francisco-based vegan dog food company. So it's really fun, especially if you want to know a little bit about transitioning your dog to a vegan diet, think, you know, have questions about it, wondering if it's safe, this is the episode for you. But before I tell you more about Lindsay, I just want to give a quick shout out to Baila Prieta, who left me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts entitled A Working Mom's Ideal Podcast. Baila Prieta says... The Veggie Doctor hosts an array of guests and relevant topics to promote a healthier lifestyle. I particularly found episodes about the pandemic very helpful. Raising a newborn and a toddler, I look forward to new episodes because I learn new strategies on raising and feeding my family. Thank you so much, Baila Prieta. I appreciate that so much. I love getting feedback and I'm so, so, so happy that this is helpful to you. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have a chance to subscribe, rate, and leave me a review, I really appreciate it. And I will read it on the next episode. So thank you so much for listening. So let me tell you about Lindsay. Lindsay Rubin is the vice president at V-Dog, a San Francisco-based vegan dog food company. Forever obsessed with animals, she ran her own dog sitting business in high school and went on to college where she became vegetarian. After learning about the dairy and egg industries, she went vegan and became an animal rights activist. In 2013, she met Dave, the late founder of V-Dog, and started working with the company as the first full-time employee. Fast forward to the present, Lindsay is proud to help lead V-Dog, the current largest ethical vegan business in the pet food space. Super, super cool. And also to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment either by a human healthcare professional or a animal healthcare professional. So if you have particular concerns about your pet, please go see the veterinarian. 
In this episode, we talk about Lindsay's vegan and plant-based journey, how she ended up working at V-Dog, why vegan food, if people are surprised that dogs can be vegan, and what advice she has for people that want to raise their dogs vegan. She also tells us what she wishes more people knew and what her personal habit is that she is most proud of. It's a fun conversation. I hope that you get a lot out of it. She also mentioned that for those people that have questions, that they're very responsive at their company. The website is v-dog.com. Also be sure to follow them on Instagram because they really do post the cutest dog pictures. I love it. It brightens my day, makes me smile. It's v-dogfood on Instagram. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Lindsay Rubin. Lindsay Rubin, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. What a treat to have you on today. Hey, Dr. Yami. I'm so excited to speak with you here. Well, super cool. I've had one episode with a vegan veterinarian about raising vegan and plant-based pets, particularly dogs, what we talked about in that episode. So this is going to be super fun. But before we get into vegan dog food, let's talk about your vegan and plant-based journey. Tell me your story. Oh, this is my favorite topic. <laughs> I love talking about it. So thank you for asking. Um, my journey really started when I was younger. I was always the friend who was obsessed with animals. I always begged to have a dog when I was younger. Um, I grew up really loving horses. So I was really a really big natural animal lover. Um, but it wasn't until I started college that I decided to go vegetarian. I was like, hey, let me try this out. It wasn't quite making the connection. It was more from an environmental perspective, um, less so an ethical perspective. And then I, after college, I basically had a bit of a change of schedule and more time on my hands. And that's when I really started absorbing and understanding the videos that I would see from the dairy and egg industries. And what I realized is that it's not different from the way that animals are commodified for meat products as well. So that started to sink in. Um, I went fully vegan after college and it's been about eight or nine years at this point, And it's the best decision that I ever made, aligning the way that I feel about animals with um, my ethics and, and no longer eating them. So it's been the best decision. I love it. I think it's really interesting. In my TEDx talk, I talked, I specifically began my speech about how I don't consider myself an animal lover, but I feel like a lot of people believe they have to be animal lovers in order to become vegan. And then of course, there's a lot of vegans that criticize others saying that, well, you can't be an animal lover unless you're vegan. So give me a little bit of perspective on that. What are your thoughts since you are a self-declared animal lover? Yes, I definitely am. But you don't even need to like animals to understand that they deserve respect and the basic right to live and not be harmed. So you definitely don't need to be in my category of this like dog and cat and horse obsessed person to understand their basic rights and understand once, you know, once you delve into the research and there's so much out there, which shows that animals don't need animal, we don't need animal products to thrive and be really healthy. Um, there's just no longer a need to include animal products in your diet. You don't need to necessarily be this big, crazy animal lover like some of us uh, consider ourselves. 
I love it. Yes. And that's how I feel too. And the reason I say, I think I had a guest on recently that was surprised that I have a pet. She was like, you have a pet. I thought you said you were an animal. <laughs> I'm not an animal hater. <laughs> I just never considered myself, you know, like I was never that person that was like, stop for every single thing or like wanted to, I never wanted to have a sanctuary or save animals per se. And I feel like that's kind of a stereotype, right? Like I feel like people believe that vegans are all these people that just want to live in a barn full of animals and would sacrifice everything for animals. But that's just, that's not a correct stereotype because I'm not that kind of person. But like you, I believe that you don't have to necessarily want to share space with every single one of these creatures in order to not want to harm them or cause them suffering. And the same goes for our human friends, right? Like, I know that me and you, we probably have some people we probably don't want to live with. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that we want to put them on the barbecue and eat them for, you know, on our hamburger, you know? So, um, so I think that that's just like a very interesting perspective. So thanks for indulging me in that conversation for a little bit. Yeah. And one other point with that, that people bring up, I feel like often as far as being an animal, animal lover or not is intelligence of animals. And I feel that something I learned a while ago is that intelligence shouldn't determine respect for another being, right? We respect children. We would never harm them or, you know, do negative things to a child. We consider those things really bad, but sometimes we categorize animals as stupid and we think, oh, well, it, you know, it doesn't matter in a way. Um, so I think that aside from being an animal lover, understanding that intelligence doesn't necessarily define, uh, the respect or rights of another being is, is important as well. I love that so much. I remember distinctly <laughs> at the beginning of my vegan journey, I was having a discussion with a coworker and she was like, yeah, I think I can agree with you on, on, you know, we probably shouldn't be eating animals except for chickens. Chickens are so stupid. They'll just sit there in the rain and let it rain on them and not seek cover. And I'm like, how do we, first of all, how do we know that that's stupidity? What if they just like it, you know, right. but it goes for any kind of value we place on a living being for anything, whether it's their ability to speak, which I think animals, that's a big disadvantage to them, right? They can't speak. They can't communicate with us in that language that we speak. And so because of that, we assume they don't have emotions, that they don't have preferences, that they're fine with us just eating them. You know, they're just going to sacrifice their lives for us. So that intelligence, ableism too, you know, the way that they move, the way that they conduct their, their culture, their society as animals, so it really brings into question a lot and it comes down fundamentally to what we believe in general defines our worth, even as humans. And I think that's something that we struggle with as humans too. Like, is our worth defined by our achievements? Is our worth defined by our intelligence? Is it defined by the size of our body? You know? And so these are really huge questions, but we can apply them to animals too. If if those things don't really define our worth, if we have inherent worth, then animals also have inherent worth and we don't need to be judging them or measuring them by these human standards. So mm -hmm. absolutely very deep, very deep discussion. Well, tell me about vegan dog food. How did you end up working for a vegan dog food company? 
So I ended up working at VDOG. It's about eight years now. And I had newly moved out to California from the East Coast with a friend. And um, I was looking for my next path to my career. And at that moment, a Facebook post came up. So it was rather serendipitous. And the Facebook post was from VDOG and it said local Sacramento company uh, and whatever the post went on to say. And I said, I was in the Sacramento area at the time. And I said, vegan company where I am, I want to work for this company. And I always joke that I totally pestered our late founder, Dave, until he would have a meeting with me. He was away at the time. Eventually we had a coffee meeting and um, I ended up working with Dave as the first employee at the company back in 2013. And my role and what I do at the company has evolved from there. But um, I was really fortunate to work with Dave. He passed away in 2014, um, but that's really how I got in was having that passion and that serendipitous moment of learning that the company was local to where I was, to where I had newly moved. And um, ever since then, it's been a really amazing journey. And it's, it's incredible to be able to align this passion of what I really center most of my life around with my career as well. Wow, that's so cool. So you've literally been there from the very beginning of this company help it grow. And that's really cool to be in that position and get that kind of experience. What is your educational background? Do you feel like you were prepared to go into this type of company? I feel that I was prepared basically due to not just my education. I had a lot of internships throughout and after school as well. And my internships were in areas like uh, marketing, social media, communications. I interned at a uh, in journalism at a newspaper company. So I kind of had this wide array of experience. And in school, I studied English, English literature and communications as well. Um, and what I do right now is business ops. So it wasn't a direct correlation to what I'm doing now, but I really genuinely feel that my passion and the choice to go vegan soon before meeting Dave and joining the company is really what drives the the passion for working at the company. And I, I really love to learn. I love to learn with a hands-on approach. Um, so I do always recommend to others or young people to reach out to companies that they love because you never know what it'll lead to and you'll miss all of the opportunities that you don't take, at least meeting these people and understanding what their company is about, especially smaller vegan companies, because we love having really passionate team members at VDOG and it makes it makes a whole lot of a difference having people that are passionate, no matter what the topic is in the workplace, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. And that's great advice too, especially for all those people out there now looking for jobs <laughs> during this interesting time. So why vegan dog food though? Why should we even have that option? Why is it important? And uh, how has it evolved since you started at the beginning where people like, uh, what's that? What do you think that's weird or even dangerous? So tell us a little bit more about that. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. 
A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. Yes. So similarly with to the question of like, why are you vegan as a, as a human? I love the question, why not? So I like to ask that too for vegan uh, food for dogs, because what I like to say is if there is a food that has all of the nutrition that my dog needs, that they love the taste of and they really thrive on, why would I not choose this option, especially if it doesn't do harm to other animals? So it's sort of kind of flipping the question on the head and understanding what exactly is this diet all about. And yes, people are really surprised when either I tell them I work for a vegan dog food company or my dog is vegan. Um, what it really comes down to is that dogs are physiologically omnivorous and they can obtain all of their nutrients from plant-based sources. They've been evolving along us humans for many, many thousands of years. They're no longer wolves and they can absolutely thrive on this type of diet and they love it. The taste, it tastes really delicious. Um, and the really most important thing is that you're feeding a complete and balanced diet and we can provide that with plant-based sources uh, we've been doing it for 15 years at V-Dog. There are other brands as well. Some people home cook and add in the vitamins and minerals, but it's a really healthy, nutritious, nutritionally dense, easily absorbable diet that the dogs do very, very well on. And have you seen a lot of growth and a lot of interest since the beginning of the company? How has that changed over time? Yes, we've definitely been growing and the interest changes as veganism grows because the pet, pet food industry really mirrors human trends, especially as of late where we're seeing our dogs more and more as our babies. I've always seen my dogs as my babies, but more and more people are starting to see it that way, especially with various trends with younger people. Um, you know, having less children or having children later due to various shifts. Um, so since the pet food industry mirrors the human industry, there's a huge boom in the sector of natural plant-based foods. So we've definitely been seeing that growth. 
Um, as well as with the pandemic, there's been a huge growth in the pet food space in general because we're spending more time with our dogs, we're loving them more, we're cuddling with them, giving them more treats. So um, we've seen growth along various lines of, of other growth in uh, various parts of industries and economies. That's cool. And I can definitely say my dog has loved the pandemic. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she's, uh, she's a little five pound Shih Tzu Yorkie who lives on laps, except for when we go on hikes and walks, which she's all over that. So she's either in the lap or on an adventure. That's like her two states of being. So she has Cute. been loving it. Do you guys at VDOG do any research or clinical studies on dogs? Are there any advantages? You know, you said it's possible and they can thrive on it, but have you seen any advantages for some dogs to be on vegan dog food? Yes, we definitely do. So since we've been doing this for 15 years now with essentially the same formula, most of our evidence is through anecdotal evidence, testimonials, thousands of dogs. And what we've seen is one of the biggest things that we didn't quite expect or Dave didn't quite expect when the company was set up was the allergies element. So of course, this is a really healthy diet that provides all of the vitamins and minerals. The dogs thrive on it and it saves animals. It saves farm animals every single day when you're feeding this food. There's this whole other side that we didn't quite expect is the allergies because the top allergens in dog food, meat-based dog food products right now are um, products like beef, chicken, dairy, and eggs. There's a, a study on it done a few years ago. So by removing those from the diet, you immediately see changes in allergy-prone dogs. And we have lots of testimonials um, on those topics on our website. We also have a tab called Miracle Stories where these dogs are just doing so horribly. Their, their hair is falling out. They have no hair. Patches are falling out or they're not able to gain weight. And these, there are these really, really amazing turnarounds that we've seen. So there's a bunch of info on the website there. But as far as actual studies, there was a study done about a year ago at Ross Veterinary University that used V-Dogs. So they transitioned a population of volunteer dogs from um, meat-based food to V-Dog, and they measured all sorts of uh, statistics with their health. And what they saw was that the dogs were perfectly healthy, their taurine levels were sufficient and high. Um, so that's the most recent study, and, and you can look up the abstract that has been published so far. It's at Ross Veterinary University. So that's a, a, a quick reference to a study that was done recently. And there have been population studies on plant-based diets for dogs over the years, and we've consolidated a lot of those on our website too. But this is an area that needs more science. It needs more research. Um, it's We've been around for so long, but it's still new in the spectrum of things um, as far as meat-based food being the most prominent source of nutrition nutrition for dogs, what people are used to the most. That's great to hear that information. At the very least, we have some data that does show that dogs can remain healthy on this type of food. So that way, when uh, pet owners get a little bit worried about, is this going to be sufficient for my dog? I want to make sure that I provide what they need. They can reference that study. So that's really good. It's really interesting though, you know, the we look at allergies in humans and what we're typically allergic to. And for dogs, it's things that aren't as common in humans, but it's so interesting to see that like beef and things like that, that they have allergies to that. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for people that are wanting to transition their dogs to a vegan diet and, you know, start doing this 
to uh, align with their values and their lifestyles? Yeah, I would say definitely do the research. We have plenty of information on the VDOG site, you know, start typing around and getting some answers to the top questions of like, can dogs be vegan? Um, what should I feed my dog? All of the kind of basics, just so you're kind of armed with that information and you feel super confident making this decision because it comes down to you as a pet parent of deciding this for your for a child and, and it's up to, to you and us to decide what's best for our own pups. Um, so definitely do the research and find what's out there and, and get comfortable with the facts and then start the transition. And my biggest recommendation is don't be afraid of the transition because complete imbalanced plant-based foods like V-Dog are very easily absorbable. They're excellent for sensitive dogs. And we see dogs transitioning so easily to this food. There are instructions on the package. It's the same as you would transition from one meat-based food to another, um, one any kibble to another is slowly over the course of five to seven days. And now this is going to depend on your dog. I've had dogs who are just not sensitive at all and transition in like two to three days, no problem. Other dogs, either dogs that I've had or friends' dogs take the full week and it just depends on your dog's digestion and, and what they're prone to. But it's very easy. It's it's a nutritionally complete food. So there are no concerns over if they're missing out on anything. They just need to eat the recommended amount per day. Um, so my recommendation is just feel comfortable with it. Reach out to VDOG, to us, of course. We're so happy to talk to anyone that has questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email. Um, we're there. We really pride ourselves on having a lot of education and answers for um, any question out there. You know, we've really heard everything under the sun at this point. So we, we, I'm sure I'm confident we have an answer for you if you have a question. Um, but get comfortable with it and then try it out. Start the transition. And um, it's, it's really... It's not scary. <laughs> Dogs love it and they transition really well. And I, I and I will add that the taste element is really important because there are some misconceptions around um, vegan food for dogs being depriving, there being this deprivation element. And that's exactly the opposite of what we've seen. We actually hear this pretty consistently on like a week to week basis or monthly basis of dogs during the transition, picking out the new vegan kibbles and leaving the meat based ones behind. We just got an awesome video the other day from a, a new customer sharing this with us. She was cracking up and that's just it right there. It's just the dogs making the decision um, and the flavor, the, the food really tastes and smells like fresh peas. It has peas and pea protein in it in the, the beginning of the ingredients list there. So don't be afraid of their transition. Um, Give it a try, whatever brand or food or recipe you end up choosing, just make sure it's complete and balanced and that your dog really loves the taste of it. And that's, that's what we have seen so far. I love it. I feel like that's a misconception for vegan food in general is that it's bland and flavorless and that there's not much variety, but I think that the opposite is true myself. And my dog is a vegan doggy and she loves her food. Let me ask you a question because earlier you mentioned that some people cook extra food to mix with the dog food. What percent of, of pet owners do you think do that? And is it necessary? Mm -hmm. So if you're feeding a complete imbalanced food like V-Dog, it's definitely not necessary to add anything to it. It has everything they need, all of the calories, the protein, B12, taurine, L-carnitine. It's got all of the good stuff in there. What we see by far the most is people adding fresh food on top of the kibble, which is a really great option because we know fresh food keeps dogs healthy. We are totally on board with that. So that's going to depend on... Um, 
the dog and their preferences and their size and their caloric intake need per day as far as the exact quantities. But things that we recommend are like topping it off with some pieces of steamed sweet potato, um, some steamed broccoli, any kind of steamed veggie um, is really nice and really healthy for the dogs. And then there's also, if your dog likes fruit, um, blueberries, little diced up strawberries are really nice. Another topper that's nice is some plain oatmeal. Dogs really love that and the fiber is really healthy for them. You could do some mashed banana. We have tons of really fun kibble topper recipes on our website as well. And it's a nice way to add in some variety because I know my little chihuahua, he does really like variety. He likes when I switch things up. Um, it's really exciting to them and why not, right? We have variety in our diets and there's plenty of delicious options for them as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what we see by far the most. And the, the most important thing is if you're cooking at home, if you're fully cooking for your dog, is to just make sure you add in the vitamin and minerals needed to make sure it's complete and balanced. Because with, you know, with humans, we could take various supplements and some people, you know, might not take supplements. They'll just make sure they're getting in everything they need every day, whether it's in a smoothie or however, whatever form it's in. But with dogs, it's the, the simplest way to make sure they're getting that nutrition is making sure they're getting the right calories and all of those vitamins and minerals in there too. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. Great advice. Yeah, my dog, I always tell her that I, I, I don't want anybody to see what she does when I try to offer her other foods because she is such a snob. Like she won't <laughs> eat berries. I'm like, they're so good. And she like, she does what, you know, that other dog you were talking about does. She'll like pick it out and spit it out on the side. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm ashamed. You're not a vegan dog, but no, I think every, every dog is, you know, has their own preferences and she does like steamed veggies and she loves chickpeas. So chickpeas is Mine like too. one of her very favorites. So she loves the chickpeas. So yay. But yes. yeah, no fruit. She doesn't like the fruits at all. All right. That is really great advice. What do you wish more people knew? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is again, the transition, because I think that's the biggest stopping point. A lot of the time is people are so worried that, you know, their dog's been on meat-based food, whether it's just a couple of years, or sometimes their dog's a senior and they're seven, eight, maybe even 10 years old. And they think, oh my gosh, this transition is just going to be so terrible on their tummy. It's going to, you know, cause issues. And really what we've seen is that that's not an issue at all. And they usually improve and their health either stays exactly the same or gets better, um, especially in older dogs. So we definitely recommend um, reaching out to us and of course, talking with your vet and, and making sure that everything is all checked out. But don't be afraid of the transition. Don't fear the transition. It's, it's a very um, simplistic part of switching to the vegan diet. And then also, 
I definitely would love for people to know that dogs are not wolves because this has been something that we've been taught for so long by these mega companies and their big commercials where it's this little dog jumping over a log and then all of a sudden the dog is a wolf and they're running through the wilderness and they're catching all these animals and they're, you know, the, the commercial ends with like feeding your dog this like raw piece of animal flesh as like this appropriate diet. But in reality, my dog sleeps in my bed <laughs> I open a bag of food or I prepare his food every day and he's not going to hunt anything down. When the squirrel runs one way, he runs the other way. He's not very skilled. He never catches anything. So these dogs are domestic animals. They have been for thousands of years. And that what if scenario of what if my dog was in the wild, they would be eating meat. It absolutely just doesn't apply. We are providing for these animals as if they're our babies because they are, and it's our responsibility to feed them a food that they love, that they'll thrive on, and that doesn't harm other animals since that's something that's available. Oh, I love that so much, but don't say that too loud because my dog does think she's a wolf. That that Yorkie side of her, like she literally believes she's invincible. She doesn't care what size creature comes up to her. She will nip dogs straight in the face, like on their snout. So she does she does think she's a wolf, but don't tell her she's not. I will. I won't tell her. Don't let her mute that part of the podcast for her. But I think this is a great point in general for human listeners that are eating a human diet as well, because we hear that argument for humans too. Like we used to eat this, we used to eat that. It doesn't matter what we used to eat because we don't live thousands of years in the past. We live in 2021. In 2021, we have these foods available to us and we can choose foods that not only optimize and support our health, but also can protect the environment, decrease animal suffering. So, I mean, so you're right. It's a, it's a moot point. We know that dogs can thrive on this diet. We know that they're happy with it. It's not like they're complaining and my dog isn't complaining. She's very happy. So we don't have to think about feeding them animals just because maybe if they were in the wild as wolves, they would have done that because that's the calories they had available. We, we are members of a wolf sanctuary, actually. There's a wolf sanctuary here in Washington State, and my son loves wolves. He's really, really into wolves and is actually writing a book, a, a fiction book that centers around wolves. Oh, but cool. what's really cool is that they'll send us postcards and you know newsletters with the wolves and they eat all kinds of stuff like at uh halloween they'll give the wolves pumpkin and they'll sh- have pictures of the wolves eating pumpkins and things like that so even wolves are omnivores but of course you know in the wild it may be more available to them they might have more access to calories from eating other animals because that's what they had access to. If there were like all this other food, they would do what was, is more convenient and gave them access to calories, just like we do as humans. But that's a really, really great point. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your personal habits. What personal habit are you most proud of and why? Hmm. I would have to say yoga and specifically stretching. It's so important to me to stay flexible. I grew up dancing as a ballet dancer and it's so funny over the years, I'm 31 now and I 
kind of feel, oh, wow, I, I, I'm not as flexible as I used to. And it's it's so funny um, taking a step back and thinking about over the years, well, okay, well, I went through this period where I wasn't stretching as much or dancing or doing yoga. Um, so it's so important for me to maintain that aspect of, of my health, of moving and stretching and breathing um, as basic as it can sound, all of those things coming together in a yoga practice are, are really uh, special and important to me. So beautiful. How do you integrate it into your life? Do you do it on a daily basis or do you schedule it or just do it whenever your body calls for it? How are you able to kind of make this part of your routine? It's definitely a combination of all of those things for me. And back when yoga studios were open more, um, I would definitely go to studios as well because it's a different experience. And, you know, there's different teachers and different energies and the people are around you and everyone's kind of having their own practice. And maybe everyone's kind of working really hard and sweating or maybe it's more of a relaxed class. So I love incorporating that in as well when it's available. But right now it's um, a couple of favorite yoga sites, trying to do it daily if I don't make the time for it. It's even just like stretching a little bit, getting on the mat and really getting that release and, and paying attention to my breath. Um, and the best thing that that I've incorporated is just do it for if you can't do it for a full hour or half hour, do it for five minutes, do it for two minutes. And that's that's all it can really take to kind of shift your mood and, and potentially change your days. Don't set a too high bar if you want to incorporate something into your your daily or weekly life. Just start small and, and feel like get that check mark and, and get it done. Oh, that's the best ever. I say that all the time because a lot of us are so all or nothing. So we feel if we can't do a full hour, if we can't go all out and do this crazy intense class, we're not gonna do it at all. But just as you were saying, just a couple minutes, just five minutes can really benefit you. But you know what? You're talking about that check mark. It gives you that self efficacy. So you did it. You're so proud of yourself. You're going to be able to do it again next time. And that whole rest of your day is going to go more smoothly because your brain gave itself a pat on the back and it's like, Hey, I did it. That means I can do other things today. So there is definitely a benefit just doing small amounts. If you can't get those big amounts in and yoga, is such a great mind body connection. You know, you're, you're getting so many benefits out of that practice. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, tell me a little bit more about V-Dog. Uh, where can we find the products? What products do you offer? So for people that might be interested in checking it out for their pets. Mm -hmm. Our website is v-dog.com. That's the best place to buy all the products. We have a really great blog on there with lots of kibble topper recipes, like I was talking about, lots of information on the science behind the diet and all, all sorts of fun stuff you can dig into and feel really confident about feeding this to your dog. So we definitely pride ourselves on the educational element there. We also sell the product on Amazon and on Chewy. So we want to make it as accessible as possible. And we're planning to add in more platforms and stores this year as well. And then you can follow our cute doggy vegan antics on Instagram. It's just at the dog food. So we'd love to see you over there. We're always reposting our customers photos and videos. And we're so grateful because it's constant cuteness and adorable photos. So thank you to all of our amazing customers. We're so we're so uh, overjoyed to have the support and we can never complain because it's just daily cute dog photos, right? Who can complain about that? <laughs> no, there's no complaining. I follow y'all on Instagram as well. And it is true. I just love what you guys post and 
you know, social media can be a place where sometimes it can get overwhelming and negative, but those doggy pictures save the day, especially when the caption is just perfect. It matches it. It just makes you laugh. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. And y'all's mascot, the the doggy that you have, that's part of your logo, you know, he's so adorable. So our dog before Sammy, who we have now was actually, uh, an Australian cattle dog. So blue healer. And I just, I love those dogs. They're just so amazing. So it reminds me mm-hmm. of my sugar before she passed. So sweet. All right. So my last question for you is to leave my listeners with one call to action for the week. What is one thing that they can do this week to keep their dogs healthy and happy? Mm -hmm. I would say if your dog is not yet eating vegan food as their main source of nutrition, look it up, do some research, get comfortable with it, go to the V-Dog site and and dig around there. um, And go ahead and try it, make the transition. We've seen fantastic results that dogs do so, so well on the diet and we're there for you. If anyone has any questions, we also have veterinary support for the trickier questions. So go ahead and research it this week. If it's something that's been on your mind or on your list, I know it was for me for quite a while until I actually made the transition. Um, and then my advice for anyone who is already feeding the dog or a vegan plant-based diet to their dog is try a new fruit or veggie. Um, it's really healthy to incorporate these fresh foods into their diets. My dog also loves chickpeas and I often recommend that just like rinsed from the can. Um, it's a really, you know, high protein, nutritious snack that's soft. It's good for senior dogs, puppies. Uh, it's pretty good across the board and don't be afraid to try new fruits and veggies. Just make sure, um, we have a really good list on our site of like veterinarian approved fruits and veggies. Um, things like strawberries, bananas, apples without the seeds are all really safe. Just kind of chop them up and offer them to your dog and see what they like, because sometimes they'll be hesitant at first if it's a new food, but they'll, they'll often kind of give it a taste, maybe spit it out at first and then start to like it. So, um, keep an open mind to all of those safe, healthy, fresh food options, and maybe try adding one of those into your dog's diet this week. I love that. I love how you totally just approached uh, dogs like I do with children as a pediatrician because I actually haven't, you know, I do treat my dog the way I advise not to, which is if she doesn't like it, I usually don't offer it again. But I guess I didn't really think of dogs being the same. So maybe I'll keep trying to offer some of these foods and see if she'll eventually like it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, she's funny. Well, I think the difference too is my previous dog had zero limitations. Like she would eat anything and everything, including my scrunchies because they smelled good, you know, for my hair. (laughs) So it was like, it's going from one dog to another. This dog, she's like such a light eater because she's so little, you know, she just has like a couple of bites and she's good. And it's my previous dog was like a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) So (laughs) so I I don't offer her too much different foods, but I'm going to do that and see what happens. I'll report back and see if maybe by this time next year, she likes fruits. Yes. Let me know. (laughs) All right. This has been wonderful. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on being part of this amazing company and being innovative, being out there promoting this for dogs, not just for the protection, decreased suffering of other animals, but for the environment and overall just for a compassionate lifestyle. So I appreciate everything you do and I hope that you have a plantastic day. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Yami. It was so nice to be on. veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. (music) 